millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A sissy, nauseating, a flaming homo. And these aren't even close to the worst things people have said online to the actor and activist Dylan Maron. In conversations with people who hate me, he speaks directly to the people making these kind of remarks. The conversations, well, they certainly don't always go smoothly. There are plenty of awkward, uncomfortable moments that Dylan has to gently steer through. But most episodes end with some kind of a resolution, even if that's only an acknowledgement that each side understands the other one better. Four years ago, Colleen tweeted... I'm not sure I hate any celebrity the way I hate Amanda Palmer. So, of course, Dylan engineered a conversation between Amanda, a musician and artist who you might know from her band The Dresden Dolls, and Colleen to find out how it all happened and what the fallout was. Colleen, this is a kind of impossible question to answer just because (laughs) it's, it's hard, but do you think there was an element to Amanda being a woman that kind of enabled you to maybe feel that distaste for her more strongly when you wrote this tweet? I I really hate that I'm going to say yes Mm. um, because it's not something that I'm proud of and it's not something that I was really conscious of. And I think part of that has to do with how painfully critical I am of myself. Mm. So I think it is a sense of projection Mm -hmm. um, of, you know, if I'm going to be this critical and this harsh with how I deal with myself and think about what I've done, well, I don't, I don't want to give someone else a break. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be held to the same standards that I hold myself to. But at the same time, I think I also think, I think there's a bias where I maybe oftentimes think women might be more capable Mm -hmm. um, at certain situations and in certain places than men are, um, and especially in places where men have had more power. I think I I do feel like I have a bias and I have an unfair, it's it's not fair, essentially. Mm. No, that's, that's, that's like really fascinating introspection, Colleen. Amanda, do you feel that you do that at all? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've been on a introspective learning curve about my own sexism, mm. especially in the last five or ten years. Mm. And a lot of it is really, I mean, just like Colleen's just started her comment that she hates that the answer is yes, mm. some of it just <laughs> makes me so ashamed mm. when I really have to unpack and unearth mm-hmm some of my thoughts and some of my patterns and, you know, and it's just, it's a vicious circle Mm. and women are so awful to each other. Mm. And I really, I mean, if I look at the pie chart of hate that I've gotten Mm. on the internet, the vast majority of it has come from other women. Mm. But also, you know, when I look at 
who I, you know, and especially in the course of my early career, everything that really riled me, you know, the things that upset me, the things that pissed me off, the things that made me jealous, like mm. the things that brought out my worst, least generous self, mm. it was all my, like, my my feelings of scarcity hmm. and 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 gross competitiveness with other women hmm. you know i was way more upset and jealous of my female peers you know the like why does fiona apple get that when i don't mm -hmm. you know why why is mm -hmm. you know why does regina specter get to do this and i don't like my peers my friends mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, and as, even as a teenager, like I was really allergic to the women who later would become my my mentors and heroes like mm -hmm. Ani DeFranco and Tori Amos. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a competitive household with an older sister. And I think I just really, I really just had that like narrow-minded set of scarcity blinders on that celebrating and feeling a sense of abundance around and with other women was not fucking allowed. Mm. It was either me or her. And if she was succeeding, then I wasn't. And if I was succeeding, then mm -hmm. she couldn't. Yeah. And I feel like I was taught to think that way. And actually unpacking that in my 30s, it was like really enlightening. And oh my God, this is the way I think. But oh my God, my whole life has been so f***ed. I've literally walked through my entire life with this really horrific set of sunglasses on. And like looking back, did I have any of those feelings about my male counterparts? And no, like mm -hmm. I just didn't. Yeah. I just wasn't I just wasn't jealous of Jack White. He yeah. was out there playing his guitar and doing a great job. Like it and 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 figuring all of that out was just it just made me feel so ashamed mm -hmm. and so gross, but also sitting with it and going, "Okay, like Here's where you're starting. You're starting from here. Mm. This is the only way out is to like pull up this carpet and see the creepy crawlies mm. and like not put the carpet mm -hmm. back down because yeah, they yeah. And I st I still have to keep myself in check all the time, every yeah. day when I see these thoughts bubbling into my head. You know, like I was saying with reading this Lena Dunham article yesterday, it was almost like a meditation practice. I was like, you, here you are reading this mm. article. What are you feeling? But why? Mm. And stop and think about it. Don't just have these mindless thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I absolutely that I can relate to that so much in the sense when you mentioned scarcity, it dawned on me that that is a huge element of this um, is that I think for a lot of things, especially with career women or women who are in um, fields that are pretty male dominant, um, at least for me, I've had this sense of, I want to be, I want to be that woman. I want to be the first woman to mm. do it or the, the, you know, to get the accolade of, of having the woman attached to whatever it was that I've accomplished, where mm. it was like, you know, if other people are meeting metrics and are winning awards and things like that, oh, that's great. But to be the first woman who did this thing or to be one of the very few women who have been able to do this kind of created this sense of competition for me that I didn't realize I had until very recently. And I'm about to go into my 30s. And I think that's going to be a huge part of the next decade for me is in the same way that Amanda said is unpacking that, mm. Mm. you know, and that probably is part of the reason that I 
I don't look at other male artists who make me uncomfortable with whatever they're performing or whatever they're doing. I don't have this sense of like, Ugh, mm, you know, yeah. like you, it's like, Oh, you're just weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. But here's Amanda. And my reaction is completely different. It's like, Oh, great. Okay. We've, we have a few women in this music scene right here, the one that she's a part of. And that's how you're going to present yourself. Like, please don't do that to us. Mm. When that's not what's happening at all. Yeah, we just... Or it's happening in my head and it's happening in a lot of our heads rather than, right? you know, the reality. Yeah, I think I think we see the people next to us, the people that we're grouped in with, boxed in with. We see them under a closer and almost more cruel and vicious microscope, a, a really unfair microscope, I think. And I honestly think that's just the system working, right? Like... I think other yeah. people benefit from marginalized groups um, feeling that there is few seats at the table and they have to fight each other to get those seats. That's the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. And and that's the old patriarchy trick is, you know, pit all of these women against each other because then they'll never be able to collaborate and get out of there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's frightening. It's frightening to realize that. And also... I, Neil and I actually have it. We have a term for it, and we and we we use it a lot when we're talking about work and competition and how we feel about other artists. and And I I came up with it because of Tori Amos. I thought it was a good metaphor. I, we call it the piano string theory, mm-hmm. which is a, a piano that's really out of tune actually mm-hmm. doesn't sound as out of tune than a piano that's slightly out of tune. Mm-hmm. So two strings oh. that are that are almost resonating with each mm. other but not quite mm. are going to sound more dissonant. And I was like, that's the thing. It's not the people who are far off in different cultures in different countries that you can't relate to. It's the woman who's standing right next to you at the same job, who is the same age, who is the same color, who – you know, has the slightly better situation mm. who you despise mm. <laughs> and who you and who you yes. use as this basis of comparison. And that's, you know, that's also just our terrible culture feeding us this diet of competition and scarcity instead of mm. mutual compassion and celebration and you know, if she's doing better, then then that's better for me, and we will mm. all benefit, and all beings will benefit because we're really not fed that script. Mm. And you know, and I've seen it so much in the music industry, and you know, I also went through my own learning curve, like listening to Colleen talk about, like the you know, her reaction of listening to the tweet that she sent. I also had a I had my own learning curve on the early internet because I said you know I would say really negative things about people just not thinking about it mm. you know because this is how I talk with my friends and mm-hmm. I'm just going to talk shit about this artist or I'm just mm-hmm. going to complain about this situation and I you know and and after like and after getting some blowback for that and after realizing that I actually had a real voice and that my voice was real and there it was sitting in the world and it was going to actually have consequences or an audience I I I sort of stopped and made a you know like made a commitment to myself to not add any negativity to the internet hmm. I think especially also being on the receiving end of it I was like why would anyone want to be the receiving end of hmm. anything like this on the internet so I, um, you know, I 
feel like I've learned the same lesson. Yeah. Colleen and Amanda Palmer on episode 27 of Conversations with People Who Hate Me, created and hosted by Dylan Marin, and that's a Night Vale Presents production.